Hey friends, welcome to Let's Be Clear. I am Clear Cherry Reeves and this is a podcast where we get clear, pun intended, about how to find a kingdom perspective in all things. No, really, all things. Whether it be about pursuing your dreams, finding hope and hardship, or just talking about Jesus, we will get raw and honest. I believe it will encourage you. Now, let's dig in. Happy Monday, friends. I hope you are having a great start to your week. I love Mondays now. I don't know about y'all, but literally in writing the Monday prayers and working on this podcast and then hearing from you guys about it, Mondays have just become one of my favorite days. So thank y'all so much for including me in your Monday morning or your Tuesday morning or your Wednesday morning. No shame, whatever you're listening. Um, I'm so grateful that you are, that you're tuning in, and I hope that this time encourages you. Um, whatever you're up to. Wish we were together, but this is the next best thing, right? So last week we talked about the word invest, and we dug into the four invaders, as I like to call them, or enemies that keep us from investing in the places, people, or positions that God calls us to. And I don't know about y'all, but because we talked about investing, I was really challenged to take inventory of where I was putting my time, where I was putting my energy, my resources, do I have any margin, um, finances, just really that was top of mind and it was challenging but also inspiring. So I hope you guys tuned in. If you didn't listen, make sure you go back. Um, really any of the words, they can meet you where you are, you know, because that's the beauty of the kingdom of God and the word of God and how Jesus works is he meets us where we're at and he uses what we're studying and digging into and he makes it relevant. So anyway, before we get started this week, um, the word is anticipate. Are you guys anticipating what this podcast is going to be about? I hope so. I hope you're excited. Um, I have been anticipating recording it. So before we get started though, I want to focus in, y'all know the drill. Um, we are going to focus. So can close your eyes if not no worries f fix your eyes on jesus o open your heart to receive c calm your mind u unplug from distractions s saturate your soul in him okay so anticipate what comes to your brain when you think of the word anticipate Well, okay, well, never mind. Instead of making you use your brain, if you are listening, especially on a Monday, I'll just tell you what Merriam-Webster talks about when they define it. Anticipate is defined as the act of looking forward or a prior action that takes into account or forestalls a later action. Also, our English word anticipate comes from the Latin word anticipare, which meant to take care of ahead of time or literally taking into possession beforehand. So we see in both the definition and the root of this word anticipate that anticipation is definitely an action-driven word. When we are anticipating something or someone or anything, we put action behind it. We don't just talk about it. And a lot of times in our culture, we talk about this feeling of anticipation But we forget that the actual definition and the root of the word, both in Merriam-Webster and in Scripture, is not just the feeling. It's the action behind the feeling. And the notion of this word, too, and I want you guys to get this. So 
hang with me here. But the notion of the word is based on what's behind it. Let me explain. So when we anticipate, the amount of our anticipation is directly linked to how much we are excited about or looking forward to whatever is causing that anticipation. So for example, our anticipation about going back to school might be a little less than waking up on Christmas morning, right? Santa gets me, personally, a little more jazzed and excited than my teachers. I love school, but still, we can all admit that that was a little, like our anticipation was greater, right? But what shows this anticipation? We set out cookies and milk for Santa. We go to bed with excitement. We set traditions on Christmas Eve. We wrap all our presents, and we really anticipate this Christmas morning experience. Now, look, I realize that a lot, most of the people listening right now are adults, okay? So I realize that we are all of the age where we know Santa is not real. I really hope you're not listening around your children. I should have prefaced that. But however, it's still this illustration of what we do when we are truly anticipating something or someone. Excitement may talk about Santa coming, this feeling of excitement. But it is the action behind the anticipation that sets out the cookies. Does that make sense? So I really wanted to talk about that before because before we go into really what anticipation looks like in our personal lives in a very practical sense, I think it's important to understand that anticipation is not just a feeling by any stretch of the imagination. True anticipation is always linked to action. Um, So I started to think, you know, What do we do when we anticipate God's hand to be working in our lives or this world? How do we prepare for that? Well, first, I want to be clear that, I want to be clear. There we go. Let's be clear. Sorry. Distracted myself. Um, I want to be clear that holy anticipation is concentrated more on God's character than on our circumstances. And here's the thing. I think one of the biggest ploys from the enemy, especially in 2020, you guys, is that he tries to take the things that we would usually anticipate and convince us that we need to be anxious about them. Because this robs us of the joy and the celebration of those events. You know, I think that there is a huge difference, a huge difference between anxiety and anticipation, obviously. Anxiety is... The Lord tells us not to be anxious, and he tells us to greatly anticipate him and his faithfulness. Anxiety asks the question, how am I going to get all this done? Or how is this all going to work out? Anticipation makes the declaration of, I can't wait to see how God works this all out. You see, anxiety tells us that the future is based on our ability to get there. But anticipation walks in the truth that we get nowhere without Jesus. You guys, anticipation is the verb and the action behind the belief that Jesus is always at work and that Jesus is for our lives and that he only gives his best. Because when we believe those three things, we show up. When we believe those three things, we get excited. When we believe those three things, we can have circumstances that are beyond our control, that are not preferential, and that are really difficult. And we still are going to wake up with anticipation because our our sight is set on something different. It is set on him, right? So as I was thinking about this, and y'all know, I really, I, I one of my pet peeves is when things feel really airy, especially um, in our walk with Jesus. And I don't mean that we are supposed to necessarily understand. I just mean that when I feel like it's 
really confusing or it just sounds like a bunch of language, then we don't do anything with it. And so I really want to dig into, okay, I was asking myself, like with this anticipation, what do I think? How is a fruitful way to think through this? And I kept coming back to the question, what is evidence of anticipation in our lives? Evidence is the proof, okay? So what is the action that shows our belief that he is faithful? What is the evidence of anticipation in our lives? And I came up with a couple of different things. So I'll go back kind of bird's eye view at the very end to remind them, but I'm going to kind of go through each one and talk about it. So the first one is passion. Y'all, when we anticipate what God is going to do, when we believe that he is who he says he is, we get passionate about doing our part. And on the flip side of that, when we are fearful and anxious about what's ahead, our passion suffers. We begin to try to figure out the roadmap to the solution or the destination rather than being obedient, passionate, and determined in the place that we are. You know, uncertainty scares us when we are not focused on God. However, when we are, the gap between where we are, okay, so imagine you're literally like, I'm such a visual person, so I'm trying to just think of a quick analogy as I'm talking um, to help us understand this. So the gap between where we are, so you're standing on one rock, right? And you're, you're going to the next one. That gap, that air, that margin, that is the margin for the miracle. Did you catch that? Okay, so so the thing about anticipation is it requires that gap. Because if not, then it's just a step. When there's that gap, there's that that margin where there could be error, but it, God is faithful. Um, and so that really allows us to anticipate. That is the margin for the miracle. The thing about passion, too, you know, when you're thinking about in your own life, I want you to survey kind of like, I know you're listening to a podcast, but really try and take this personal. Okay, so... Passion or make it personal. Don't take it personal. Make it personal. Big difference. Um, Passion requires being present. Okay, so when we are present-minded, when we anticipate what God is doing, we stay in today's time frame, right? Because we give everything we've got to the task at hand. When we are passionate about something, when we are giving something our all, we can't give something our all and be one foot in the door and one foot out, right? We have to be fully in the present to engage and embrace what is actually happening and be passionate about that. Colossians 3.23 says, Whatever you do, work heartily, as for the Lord and not for men. Y'all, we can only work heartily if we are eating at his table, drinking from his well, and trusting in his hands. Otherwise, it'll be a bunch of human effort through the avenue of striving with the end result of being absolutely exhausted you know motivation motivation comes from passion so I think we can you know if we're if we are struggling to find motivation we can ask God to reinvigorate our passion for him and what's a quick way to do that like a very very practical way to reinvigorate reinvigorate your passion for God open the word ask him to reintroduce you to your why so that you can gain some direction and excitement for your how. Like if you're struggling to find passion or you feel like you're not anticipating what's next, right? You're kind of actually dreading it. Look, I've been there. We've all been there. And if that's where you're at right now, ask him, hey, Lord, can you help me be passionate and excited about where I'm currently so that I can anticipate what's ahead? So that's the first one. And I think that so the whole each one of these is evidence of anticipation in our lives when we are anticipating what God is going to do 
when we believe that he is who he says he is, we get passionate. Okay, the next one is preparation. Okay, so immediately, and it's always when I think of this word preparation, Noah comes to my mind. Because Noah was preparing, Noah and the ark, right? So if you're not familiar with that story, you should definitely go read about it in Hebrews. Um, But I want you all to think about that. So when Noah, when he was building the ark, he was preparing for this upcoming flood that God had promised. But there had been no sign of precipitation. Hebrews 11.7 says, Noah began building the ark, a large boat, in anticipation of a flood. Hebrews tells us, by faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. You guys, I need you guys to really get this. Like, wrap your mind around this. A normal, everyday man, he built a massively, insanely large, humongous, gigantic boat. To preserve the human race, the animals, and save his family, and obey God, and it had never rained. You see, we see in this example and in this Bible story, and I'm not going into it because I don't, I don't have the time. But you should make the time if you can. Um, that there is no way Noah would have been obedient if he was not anticipating what God was doing, and even though it was a flood, God, Noah knew. He is worth every bit of my obedience because he is always faithful. So what is what he is doing, the best is yet to come. And I believe the best is yet to come. So even though destruction is headed our way, he has given me a way to preserve my family. And so it's not going to make sense. Like everybody is looking at me, doing what I'm doing, looking at the preparation for this flood I'm talking about. It's never rained. And they're probably really confused and thinking that I am you know, living in this alternate universe, but I know who has given me this direction and I know who has given me, who's told me to prepare. And so because I'm anticipating what God's going to do, I'm going to prepare. You know, anticipation is one of the greatest expressions of faith. And Noah was a great man of faith. It is preparation for what's to come because we believe that God will fulfill every word that he's ever made, no matter if it makes sense or not to those watching, right? It was Noah's vision. Noah didn't say, hey, guys, and he didn't go survey 100 people and say, what do y'all think about this? Do you think I should build the ark? Like, I'm anticipating this flood, um, but I'm sh- I'm anticipating God's faithfulness in it, and so I'm going to prepare. What do you think? Do you want to help? Like, it had never rained. He didn't go around doing a survey. He just believed God. And when we believe that God will fulfill every word he's made, we prepare for that. And so I want to ask you, is there something in your life that you're not stepping into because you are afraid God may not show up? That's a hard question. I mean, I think that there's all, for all of us, something in our lives that if we're being honest, we aren't walking in the full preparation of what God has asked for us because we are kind of afraid. Like, what if he doesn't hold up his end of the bargain? Now, we know, and we know that we know, in our brains what is true and that he's always who he says he is but in our hearts and in our actions you know we see the evidence of what do we truly believe do we really think he's going to show up are we preparing I mean y'all in our everyday lives if we really realize the urgency of heaven every waking moment would be dedicating dedicated to anticipating his arrival 
And it would probably change a lot of what we do. You know, also what I think we must realize is that there are usually other people on this other side of our preparation. That is crucial. Okay, I want to say that again. We must realize that there are usually other people on the other side of our preparation, of our obedience, of our anticipation. And for Noah, it was all mankind. When God sent the flood, it was the obedience of Noah that preserved every man and all the animals. Noah's what probably felt crazy, even in his own head. I'm sure he had moments, and obviously I'm not adding to scripture, but I'm sure he was a human covered in flesh, dealing with a situation that was beyond his control and really his capacity to comprehend. All he had was his obedience, but he was anticipating God's faithfulness. So first we have passion. Then we have preparation. Next is hopeful. Y'all, for some reason, I think we have bought the lie that we are supposed to let the world determine the way that we speak and the words that we say. But as children of the King, we were created to speak words of life. We are called to bring hope to hopeless places and claim restoration in whatever is broken, no matter how hopeless it seems. You know, we don't, Here's the thing. We don't get to be the people at the game who leave the fourth quarter because things are looking a little down for our team. We have to speak faith. We know the best is yet to come. That is not a pipe dream. That is a promise from the living God. And as children of God, we have yet to experience the very best because he's always doing something greater. Right? We are supposed to be those weird people in the stands who are speaking life and who are excited about being there even when they aren't, doesn't seem like they're winning. Even when it seems like the odds are not in their favor, they're like, whoa, you better believe that we know who's in control of this. We know that the end score, I'm not worried. I'm speaking life. I'm standing in hope. I'm walking forward in faith. I'm not leaving. I know what God's up to. And when we become those people, sure, we might feel a little bit like, uh, what I'm looking at is not really what I want. And so sometimes it might feel crazy. But y'all, the more that we are hopeful in circumstances that seem a little confusing, the more that our faith muscle is strengthened and the more, the easier it is to do. And I'm telling you, I think you would be shocked at what would happen in your life. Is if, I always, I think a good thing to do is so, and I think maybe it was Stephen Furtick. I want to give him credit. I can't remember who. I heard this somewhere. I don't, I really don't remember. But they were saying that if you said a sentence, it's just talking about speaking life. And they said, you know, if you were to say a sentence and at the end of it, you said, and that's the way I like it, would you still say that sentence? Y'all, that's challenging. And what that reveals to us is, are we people of hope? Are we speaking life? Do we claim to be empowered by the Holy Spirit, but our our words are so caught up in what we see. So I think we really need to survey, you know, our speech and our actions and where we're showing up and what does that say about what we believe and are we anticipating God? You know, power, our power is released when we anticipate when we wait in anticipation for God. The thing about being hopeful is that our hope was never intended to be understood by the world. Right, Those fourth quarter fans, they were not supposed to be understood by the world. The world says, hey, take a hike, you're 40 points down, right? But our hope is anchored in heaven. Would you rather seem radical and walk in revelation 
Or would you rather fit in with others and protect your reputation? Dang, that that was good. I'm going to say that again. Okay. Would you rather seem radical and walk in revelation of who God is, right? Or fit in with others and protect your reputation, which we know is fleeting, which we know really means nothing because at the end of the day is we are seen through the lens of who Jesus is. And our reputation is here today and gone tomorrow. What, what, what would we rather have? What do our lives say? You know, we may answer, well, of course I'd rather seem radical. Of course I'd rather walk in revelation of God. Uh, really? I'm looking at your life and some things aren't really lining up with that. And the thing is, is that our power is released when we wait in this anticipation. Like I said, it's the courage. It's the faith. It's the showing up and wherever we are that allows the power of God to flow into our lives and in the lives of others. When we stand hopeful, despite whatever we're looking at, that hopeful, that power of hope is released and it empowers other people. Hebrews 10.23, I'm just hitting up Hebrews all throughout this podcast. So it's such a rich book. But it says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. Now that verse is one you can seriously write on an index card and put anywhere that you will see it in your bathroom, in your car, wherever you need it, that he who's promised is faithful. We are hopeful because we know who is handling what we're walking through, right? That's where our hope is is centered around. This next one, what is another what's another thing that gives evidence for anticipation in our lives? Our zest for life. Okay. What does this word zest even mean? I love this word. I don't know why. It's like the word vanilla. I know it sounds so weird. I love saying the word vanilla. Um, but it sounds like a salad dressing, <laughs> the, the word zest, probably because we always marinate chicken using some form of zesty Italian, but can I tell I'm hungry? Um, anyway, zest. I like to define it as us being eager for tomorrow without worrying about tomorrow. Two very different things, Okay. We cannot say that we wait in great anticipation and then we live barely surviving. Like it's the very anticipation of what is ahead that gives us this zest and excitement in our present. Okay, and this is partnered with passion, but zest and passion are different. Um, and 1 Peter 3.13 says, Now who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? Oh, that's a really rich scripture. Now who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? What do we see by the scripture? We see the anticipation and the zest for life. It protects us. This scripture was when is actually what about when Peter was talking to um, Christians about living in harmony with each other. And um, I'm sorry, not Peter, Paul. Sorry. Um, and Paul, in this particular instance, is talking about suffering, right? And and how even when we seek to do good. There might be suffering. However, temporary harm that could come from this world is not true harm for those who believe. In other words, when we are zealous for what is good, we are so heavily anticipating how God will move that the rough patches and the suffering are simply setups. You guys, it's one thing to be like, oh yeah, I know. It's an opportunity for God's faithfulness. I mean, we hear that and it sounds kind of Christianese. But when we are anticipating what God is going to do, that is really how we show up. We are anticipating. It is a setup. 
our obstacles, our opportunities, our zest is not going to be tempered. It, it, we might be affected in the moment, but when we get back to it and say, hey, Lord, what is this about? And he reminds us, hey, clear, you get to be excited about tomorrow. Just because you see a rainstorm on the forecast in the future, do you not know that I hold everything in my hands? Get excited. Show up. Prepare. Get passionate. Be present. All of those things. This zest for life, I think, is something that, um, I don't know. I was really thinking about it in my own life and kind of going, you know, do I have a zest for life? And, and and I hope so, but it's contagious, you guys. I don't know if you know someone may come to mind when you think about this, but somebody who, they don't have to be going to Mount Kilimanjaro or going to Cabo to get excited about what their future in, you know, includes they can actually be the ones who are showing up and serving and they have a zest that they are just truly like God is about to move in this place and people like that you want to be around because it's just uh, it's so refreshing and I think this zest is something that God wants for all of his people it also makes life way more joyful um and two more this next one is perseverance You know, if we are not anticipating the view of the mountain, there is no way that we'll actually be able to endure it. As believers, our greatest anticipation is for eternity that awaits us. So when we let heaven be our greatest motivator, we find the richest life on earth. So if you're struggling with grit, like if you are where you are and you're going, hey, clear, you actually don't know my circumstances. I literally feel like I can barely put one foot in front of the other. May I ask you, What are you anticipating up ahead? Strife, desperation, continued fear, uncertainty, lack of resources. You know, if it's those things or if it's this shallow kind of where you're you're holding on to it's really short-sighted and only what you can see, it's hard to gain grit for that kind of anticipation because it's all based on us and what we feel and what we see. But when our anticipation is deeply rooted in God, So for example, in a very practical sense, when we wake up, right, with a thought of, I wonder what God's going to do today. I know it'll strengthen me. I know that it will further his kingdom. And I know that'll be for my best. This allows us to walk through the muddy parts and not want to quit. James talks a lot about this, but the verse in James 1.12 says, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. I love this scripture because it reminds us of several things that I want to mention. One, we will have trials. And as weirdly comforting as that is, I think that is so crucial. All throughout scripture, it talks about this because God wants us to not be surprised. When we are surprised, we are less apt to handle it in a way that pleases him. Don't pray for comfort or to swim in a lake right? Life is in the ocean. It brings waves and that will never end. Two is that this crown of life is promised. That means that all of this is temporary. Even when the days seem long, this is the in between. You guys, we are just passing through. It's a guarantee. Throughout scripture, there are several times, a third thing, okay? So we have trials, the crown of life is promised. And the third thing is that throughout scripture, there are several times when blessed, the word blessed is used. So blessed is the man who remains steadfast, right? Um, and throughout those, it, a lot of times it can, we can interchangeably put happy. So happy is the man who remains steadfast under trial. 
It is truly the endurance amidst the suffering that brings us the deepest, maybe not the easiest, but the deepest joy. So this perseverance is also evidence that we are anticipating what God is going to do. We keep showing up because we know that he's just gotten started. Um, And the last one that I want to talk about is rest. I know. Doesn't just the word, it sounds calming. I just love that. Um, But I'm telling you, we can be in the toughest of situations. In the boat, with the wind blowing, a storm coming, our ships falling apart. And we can still find rest because we are anticipating what God is going to do. This a little bit talks about, you know, this is paired with perseverance. You know, um, all of these things are circular. They all help each other and they all reveal parts of the other. Um, But the posture of rest, it assumes provision. Because the basis of anticipation is that provision is ahead. So wouldn't it make sense that when we believe God's going to show up, I'm anticipating what he's going to do, we operate from this posture of rest. You see, rest has nothing to do with what we see. It has everything to do with who we trust. And there's a scripture that I wanted to, um, you know, it's the story in Mark 4. When Jesus was in the boat with the disciples, we all know, and, you know, he falls asleep in the middle of the storm. And you're, it's funny until you're the one in the boat and going, really? Seriously, Jesus? But it says, Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? And when Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? You see, Jesus was not worried about what was ahead because he trusted his Father. He knew who was in control. And y'all, when we lack this anticipation of provision, it's usually because we place the pressure back on our shoulders to do it alone. Our rest is coming from the notion that we will that we can get it done, that it that we can handle it. It's that that self-reliance. When we lack anticipation, it's probably because we've put the pressure back on our so- shoulders. So all I'm gonna mention all these again. So when we are what is evidence of anticipation in our lives, some things that you can survey. And look at and say, okay, am I operating in this way? Because that'll show you if you're anticipating. And if not, what are you looking at? You know, what do you foresee on the horizon? What are you clinging to? Um, So the first one, passion, preparation, hopeful, being hopeful, zest for life, perseverance, and rest. Anticipation is a secret weapon, y'all. It really is. The more that we anticipate heaven... The more we fear God, and the more we fear God, the less we fear man. And the less we fear man, the more we can walk in unbridled obedience and shake the earth. That's what we are created for. So I'm going to close up with every week in this devotional, there's a focus tip, right? A practical, a lot of this hopefully is practical, but this is very like you can literally do this today. Um to help apply this word in our lives, action-driven. This this week's is this. When you hit a traffic jam, when something throws you off track or you receive shocking news, try not to focus on the obstacle at hand, okay? But instead rejoice in anticipation of what God is going to do next. He's working out all things for your good. You'll see. I love that. That is linked to, remember when we we talked about praise? Um, 
and the word notice, I think of both of those words with this word anticipation because when we notice what God is doing and we notice his character and we worship him in the wait, then we anticipate what he's about to do, right? And he is always at work. And most of the time we are so unaware that he is handling all these things. Um, He sees us. He knows us. He's got us. We can trust him. So I'm going to end with the Monday prayer um, as always. And so I hope this this encouraged you guys. Um, And if you can, close your eyes. Uh, If not, no worries. Just listen. I hope it it comforts you as you get your week started or finish up your week. Um, Yeah, that it meets you where you are. So, hey, Jesus, thank you for the gift of another Monday. Nature sings of your glory, and all of humanity approaches another week because your faithfulness brought us here again. Will you elevate my awareness of your presence in this place, that I am and where I'm going? Activate the supernatural vision that only you can give and energize me with this new perspective. Instead of wondering, how am I going to get it all done? I will find great freedom in exclaiming, I can't wait to see what you do. When I lack passion, motivate my heart to seek your will. When I want to give up, remind me that you are always at work. When I feel hopeless, Lead me back to your promises that never disappoint. Abiding in you, I receive the assurance and affirmation I need. Thank you for being consistent and steadfast no matter what. Concentrating on your character, I find peace in all circumstances. Help me surrender my own agenda and step boldly into the place you're calling me with great anticipation of what is to come. My best is ahead of me because you only give your best. Deep rest and strength are mine as I anchor myself in trust. In the powerful and trustworthy name of Jesus, amen. Oh man, y'all, that encouraged me. I needed that. I am anticipating what God's going to do in your week, what he's going to do in my week, what he's going to do in our community and the world and the leaders and everything. Um, Our best is yet to come. That is a promise, a guarantee. We can hold it and cling to it. I hope y'all have a great week. Um, once again, thanks for joining. As always, if it did encourage you, if you liked something that was said, you can always um, quote us and tag us on, or tag me. Why do I say us? I still don't know why I do that. Um, and let me know you're listening. That means the world to me. And I'm just thankful. So I hope you'll have a great week. I am thinking of you guys and anticipating the next time we get to be together. So have a great week. Talk to you soon.